0: It's Tuesday, June 22nd, and you've got Oz in your ears. This is uh, David Osmond. I'm on the road for Radio Free Oz here in Gay Paris. And I'm um, beside the runway here at the celebrated salon of the notoriously controversial haute couture designer Yves
1: Sanskul. Uh, bonjour, Yves. Welcome to my salon, David. Uh, we have just a moment before the showing starts for my latest collection, Toxic. Toxic, uh-huh.
0: Well, Yves, you're probably best known for your squid <laughs> agony boots. <Not> you <laughs> you introduced them at your first salon back then in uh, 1980, right? Well, I have
1: them here in the case. The, the prototype of the agony boot. Oh, that's the look of the 80s. The cowboy styling. The fashion of President Reagan. He may have been brain dead but the man knew how to wear that cowboy look. Uh-huh. And this exotic leather. Polar bear what a... hide. The stripes of the Komodo dragon. Uh-huh. And this a very high heel. Uh, lucite with the flashing lights. Well, the beautiful lights were made by the agony of the squid uh-huh. who emits the electric pain every time the wear steps on the heel compressing this little petty mollusk. Oh, wow. And, but you had to take him off the market. Peter brought me down. Uh, I told them that the squid has a happy life seven the heel of the Oregon boot, but they put a picket line in front of my door. What? What could I do? Well, I, I see the showings
0: about to begin here. Uh, the audience is very excited. You can tell me uh, what are we going to see today in
1: your show? Toxic uh-huh. presents disaster fashions. Uh-huh. As you know, I normally design for the humans, but with the crisis in the Gulf, I, I have turned my attention to clothing for the aquatic victims of this man-made tragedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, so dommage. Meh. It is for Yves Saint's tool to make it right for the poor animal, n'est-ce pas? Oh, well, oh, here, here comes your first model. The exotic beauty Giselle showing my fabulous oil-repellent pelican briefs made from the freshly recycled wild bird feathers a form-fitting, as you see, for the natural look of nature in the raw. Oh, that's timely, timely, Eve. And here comes your model, Raffaella. Ooh. She is wearing my dolphin slicker. Everyone knows the dolphin doesn't look so good coated in oil, so I have designed the tight-fitting sailor costume of oil-free oil cloth with a self-sealing flap for the blowhole. Oh, uh-huh. aha, <laughs> that's
0: very, very thoughtful. Okay, now this next model,
1: the looks yeah? showing the tea turtle shell by shell. Turtles and models can all live forever with this tropical carapace of million-year-old ivory hand-carved by Froggy Island Boys.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, this must be the finale. It's the bridal costume.
1: Is that... For the first time, I show the bride in bed. It's oh. a pollution-free, happy oyster bed. I begin with a mattress of clean sand covered with the 700-count hazmat on the bottom. Uh-huh. Then spill repellent cover-up linens. Uh-huh. The fluffy pillows and duvet boom are stuffed with clippings from famous Hollywood poodles and gaga wings, oh. And finally, the green wore sham, sham for complete protection in the season of the hurricane. Well, well, uh,
0: that sounds like a, a thrill. But the bride herself, uh, can you describe her outfit? Of course,
1: uh-huh. is dressed as a prototype of the jumper jail suit in Florida orange with stripes of Bayou Blue. Oh, it looks pretty rugged. It has to be I'm making it for the president of B.P. Tony Haywood. <laughs> you will have to wear it a long, long time.
0: Well, everybody seems very enthusiastic about that. Congratulations on your non-toxic showing. Yves saint stool for Radio Free Oz. This is David Osman in Paris. Au revoir!
1: Yo, you got Radio Free Oz on com. I'm your host, Peter Bergman, my co-host, David Osman. Hey there, oh there you go. Yeah, I'm right here. Oh, yeah, sure,
0: right across the table.
1: There you are. Yeah, right, I right. looking right. for you.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I... I <laughs> I had to shove this guy out of my place. Do you Who? mind if the sheriff comes up? Man, he's, he won't
1: ta- He won't take no for an answer. Okay, okay. Sh- okay. Sheriff Come Luther Axe Handle. Hey. Uh, County Island hey. Sheriff. Well, you got your report for Yeah, hey, uh, right. I got a go.
0: good report for you today. I think there's less alien presence on the island than, than at any time I've seen before.
1: Well, that's thoroughly uh, good news in uh, these troubled absolutely. times. Absolutely.
0: On one busy weekend, uh, uh, on Saturday alone, uh, I don't know what to make of these, but... Uh, at 11:24 a.m., a caller found flip-flops on the deck of a home on Sandy Hook Drive that did not belong to anyone living there.
1: Do you know when they take them home? Right. Yeah. Just like the rapture, all that's left is the flip flops Just the
0: flip-flops. Well, the caller said it was suspicious. As far as I'm, makes me they suspicious. Concerned. Then at 7:44 p.m. A caller on Shady Glen Lane said a neighbor was walking up and down his driveway and taking pot shots with his shotgun. Now that's not aliens. That's red. That's just that's rednecks. You neck. see why I'm saying it's just like that's not, aliens I don't feel do that. that weird presence there anymore. No. And I, perhaps, that's just a
1: very American thing. To yeah, do.
0: walk up and down. Blam. That's all right. We got laws in this county that permit that sort of thing. Uh, okay the only other thing besides dead dogs and deers and a man who found a woman's purse in front of his home oh that
1: No, that uh, is uh, an invitation to think, alien
0: i won't get into okay it. don't go there sir uh, at ten fifty-five a.m on thursday that was the 10th of june a caller reported a suspicious boy
1: on a blue women's bicycle on
0: bayview road
1: it's an alien because aliens don't know from the gender of bicycles. They're constantly going by. Well, on I the was bicycles. thinking a
0: suspicious boy. I mean, how did the caller determine the suspiciousity of this boy? Well, per- I don't know.
1: Perhaps he just thought that the boy looked suspiciously
0: at him. Well, I anyway, Mr. Bredman, thank you for I, I think we may have been uh, uh, through now the serious alien siege. But if I find any more suspicious news uh, on the sheriff's report, I'll be right back on the show to tell you about it. You do just that. all right. So long, sir. So long.
1: Uh, this is from Robert Reich, who is a former secretary of labor. He's uh, teaching economics now in Berkeley, and he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, retail sales in May, we've just discovered took their biggest nosedive in eight months and consumers account, of course, for 70% of the nation's economic activity. So all of a sudden they're spending less. They've been spending less relatively for a long time ever since the housing bubble burst, but now they're spending even less of the less. American corporations, on the, other, on the other hand, are sitting on huge piles of cash, but they're not investing, and they're creating only a measly number of new jobs. They're actually not keeping up with the growth of the, of the labor force, or the potential labor force. We are literally losing jobs as I speak. And they won't invest, these are the corporations, and create jobs until they know there are customers out there to buy what they sell. That sounds to me like kind of a vicious circle. We're not going to hire people until there's people out there to buy our goods, but because they don't have jobs, they can't buy our goods. For three decades, starting in the late 1970s, the biggest economic problems America faced was inflation. Demand always seemed to be on verge of outrunning the productive capacity. The Fed had to be ready to raise interest rates at a moment's notice. And during this era of inflation economics, it appeared that John Maynard Keynes and his Depression-era concern about chronic inadequate demand was dead. Keynes was the guy that said, we got to pump, prime the economy when there's low demand, i.e. during the Great Depression of 1932. This is not the Great Depression. We are a marketing society. This is the greater depression. And someday, we'll have the greatest depression. The so-called supply-siders uh, told policymakers that if they cut taxes on corporations and the wealthy, they'd unleash a torrent of investment and innovation, thereby increasing the productive capacity of the nation. So you have Keynes saying pump money in, and you've got the Reagan supply-siders with their so-called laugher curve, and it's a laugher, saying all you gotta do is like just cut ca- taxes and give the wealthy more and more money, and they'll invest it in productivity. Well, they didn't. They invested it in yachts and, and gold you know, and anorexic mistresses. But the pendulum may now be swinging back to the earlier era in which demand always seems on the verge of trailing the nation's productive capacity. The biggest ongoing threats are chronic recession or even deflation. We're in the midst of a deflation because consumers don't have enough money to buy what the economy is capable of selling at full or near employment. Despite gains in productivity, little has trickled down to America's middle class. Well, one of the reasons is they define productivity as we keep the door is open here at Sprint, and we're using half the people. That's productivity. No, that's crazy-ass thinking. You remember the guy that wrote in and said, I love Radio Free House, but it's too dire. Okay, well, let, let's just see if we can reduce the dire... You know, side a little bit. Dire the dire quotient. Yes, the dire quotient. I'm going to go to the DQ. Let's, let's yeah. Go right let, let, let's let's take let's put some minus on the DQ. All right. Okay. Most people would worry about being crushed by a buffalo out in the wild. I would. I, I I've thought of that often.
0: It concerns
1: me. Yes. It turns out that animals can be dangerous when they're mounted on walls too. Monroe County sheriff's deputies say a man in the Florida Keys had to call nine one one. When a stuffed water buffalo's head mounted on a wall fell on him and pinned him as he slept in a recliner. The sheriff's (laughs) office said the call came in early in the morning from the man who could only yell his address and tell operators he had been trapped. The man had apparently woken up with a buffalo head, fell on his lap. The head was too heavy for him to lift, but the man was able to reach for his cell phone and call for help. He was taken to a hospital for treatment.
0: Boy, can you imagine what those emergency guys thought when they walked in through that front door? a man with a buffalo head. Jay, well, he's glad it wasn't a unicorn.